Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Well, we are working, there are constant meetings, and not just among a few senators, but just about every senator, every single one of the 50, is talking individually to Joe Manchin, to Kirsten Sinema. And they're saying things like, I'll lose my election if the legislature is allowed to do this in my state. We'll lose our majority. But So that's why you want to get rid of the filibuster? You want to do away with the filibuster so you can pass your voting rights legislation so you don't lose. Well, my gosh, man, you're not supposed to say the quiet part out loud. You're supposed to tell us you're saving democracy or some other kind of crap. You're not... You're not supposed to be honest, Chuck. Who taught you how to be a Democrat? Holy cow. But there it is. There it is, clear as day. Chuck Schumer on MSNBC just, you know, laying it out there, man. Just put it out there for everybody to see. Did you did you miss it? Here. I'll play it again. They're telling people that in Georgia, where there are much longer lines in African-American precincts than in white precincts, that it's a crime to serve water uh, or a sandwich, um, greatly restricting or eliminating early voting. Well, first, that was a different clip. You're telling me that I have to serve meals to people? In in uh, in line to vote, and if I don't, that's racism. You see, I've got two pieces of this story here. They're telling people that in- I've got you, Chuck Schumer, pushing the lie, and I've got you admitting the truth. Wait a second. This is outstanding. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. Anybody agree with Chuck Schumer? Anybody think that we should change the voting laws and take the rights away from the citizenry and leave it to the federal government? Anyone? Anyone at all? Bueller? Bueller? This, This is what he tells the general public. They're telling people that in Georgia, where there are much longer lines in African-American precincts than in white precincts, that it's a crime to serve water uh, or a sandwich, um, greatly restricting or eliminating early voting. So that's the line they put out. And this is what they mean. Well, we are working. There are constant meetings and not just among a few senators, but just about every senator, every single one of the 50 is talking individually to Joe Manchin, to Kirsten Cinema, And they're saying things like, I'll lose my election if the legislature is allowed to do this in my state. We'll lose our majority. But- so now you have it. The lie they tell and the truth that they are working towards. Your question is, what are you going to do about it? That's the question for you. But I don't think this is telling us enough. One must go back to that original statement from Chuck Schumer about Georgia election laws because you have to understand it for what it is. Now, this is where it's about to get real uncomfortable for a lot of people. 
because I personally find it objectionable when you call black people stupid. When you call black people incapable and incompetent, I find that disgusting. That is what Chuck Schumer, Democrat, has done here. Let's go back and hear it again. They're telling people that in Georgia, where there are much longer lines in African-American precincts than in white precincts, that it's a crime to serve water uh, or a sandwich, um, greatly restricting or eliminating early voting. First, how many more people are online in 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 a black voting district? where it's predominantly black. And I wouldn't know if it's African-American or something else. I personally find the term African-American very, very peculiar. If someone's from the Dominican, are they African-American? If someone's from Colombia and they're black, are they African-American? I, it's, 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 it's this nonsense terminology of, of the left, and, and it's valueless, and I think it's kind of wrong uh, to, to say things like that, so I don't. But the argument that Chuck Schumer just made is black people are not capable of grabbing a thermos. Black people are not capable of grabbing a bottle of water, is what Chuck Schumer said. Black people are not capable of having a power bar in their pocket. That's what Chuck Schumer said. That's what he said. Chuck Schumer, the liberal white savior that he is, all praise his name. You're a phony. Hey, this guy's a great big phony. He's a savior, damn it. Don't you deny him his place in history? He has just said of black Georgians, you're not capable of taking care of yourself. It's amazing you can get to the polling place or shower. You want a weird one-two punch? Chuck Schumer is amongst the people who doesn't believe that you should have to have an ID in order to vote. But in Washington, D.C., which has now given up the ghost on being free, and they're going to require this weekend that you got proof of vaccination, 12 years and older have to have proof of vaccination in order to go to a restaurant, go to a, go to a museum, go here, go there. You got to wear a mask. Oh, and you have to have a photo ID if you're 18 years of age or older. You need a photo ID to get into Arby's, You don't need a photo ID to vote because that's racist, because people like the savior, Chuck Schumer, he doesn't think that black people are smart enough to be able to get an ID. I cannot fathom nor accept that level of racism. Now, you know what's going to happen, guys. Me having this conversation, honestly explaining the bigotry of the political left, they're going to try and turn it around and say it's about me. All I'm doing is quoting them. I'm sharing their stories and noting what it is they're saying. So when they try and do that, you know how to push back. Because, oh my gosh, do they try and do that. But this this nonstop push to end the filibuster. Biden gave this whole speech in Georgia yesterday where it's all about uh, you have to end the filibuster because the Republicans don't believe in in in, in voting laws, and oh, they want to they want to just end elections and just turn them into suggestions. I tell you, election workers, ordinary citizens, were subject to death threats, menacing phone calls, people stalking them in their homes. 
Remember what the defeated former president said to the highest ranking election official, a Republican in this state? He said, quote, I just want to find 11,780 votes. Pray God. He didn't say that part. He didn't say count the votes. He said find votes. Now, we should note that that is a total manipulation of what Trump was talking about in context, and that has already been gone through. I even said at the time, man, that doesn't sound great. But without context, it's nothing. Leave it to Joe Biden, this partisan, to engage this way and lie to the voters of Georgia because he has no respect for them either. That he needed to win. He failed because of the courageous officials, Democrats, Republicans, who did their duty and upheld the law. But with this new law in Georgia, his his loyalists will be placed in charge of state elections. (laughs) It's funny, when, when, when they're with Trump, they're loyalists. When they're with Biden, they're proud Americans. Interesting. What is that gonna mean? Well, the chances for chaos and subversion are even greater. As partisans seek the results they want, no matter what the voters have said, no matter what the count. The votes of nearly 5 million Georgians will be up for grabs if that law holds. No, that's not true, but let's go back to something you just said, Joe. (laughs) What is that going to mean? Well, the chances for chaos and subversion are even greater. As partisans seek the results they want, no matter what the voters have said. No matter- partisans who seek the results they want, no matter what the voters have said. Huh. Let's go back to Chuck Schumer. Constant meetings, and not just among a few senators, but just about every senator, every single one of the 50, is talking individually to Joe Manchin, to Kirsten Sinema. And they're saying things like, I'll lose my election if the legislature is allowed to do this in my state. We'll lose our majority, but, well, we are working. That's exactly what Chuck Schumer is trying to do. Subvert the voters, take away the ability of the voters to make decisions for themselves and for their states, have it controlled federally so his people, his ideologues, don't lose elections. The thing that Joe Biden is warning us about Chuck Schumer and the party that Biden is supposed to represent are doing. The votes of nearly 5 million Georgians will be up for grabs if that law holds. It's not just here in Georgia. Last year alone, 19 states, not proposed, but enacted 34 laws attacking voting rights. Attacking voting rights? You mean not doing the things that you want, like nonstop constant mail-in voting, including mailing out ballots to people, just saying, here you go. No other nation does this. Of course this is an invitation to fraud. Everybody who is rational knows this. Democrats don't care because what they want is their result. There are nearly 400 additional bills Republican members of state legislatures tried to pass. And now, Republican legislators in several states have already announced plans to escalate the onslaught this year. Their end game? To turn the will of the voters into a mere suggestion. No, 
That's the desire of Chuck Schumer. He already told you as much. Well, we are working. There are constant meetings and not just among a few senators, but just about every senator, every single one of the 50 is talking individually to Joe Manchin, to Kirsten Sinema. And they're saying things like, I'll lose my election if the legislature is allowed to do this in my state. We'll lose our majority. But Those legislatures were elected by the citizens. So the election of legislatures and states don't count, but the election of some congressman, that's what matters most? Very, very, very peculiar. Uh, Diane on Twitter wants me to know that Georgia law permits water and sandwiches to be handed out in voting lines up to a point. Um, It's only when the person is close to an entrance. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the case. I would argue that if you're handing out water in line, you're trying to buy somebody's vote. And I would oppose that. Bring your own water. That's the rational answer. I just don't know why the Democratic Party doesn't think that black people can bring their own water. I find that bigoted and disgusting, and I'll have no part of it. Thank you very much. No part of it at all. It is obscene to consider. Now, you'll notice something. What I just did in these few minutes we've been together, seems that the Republican Party just doesn't know how to do that. They don't know how to talk. They don't know how to push. They don't know how to fight back. They don't know how to expose. They don't know how to put their enemy on on their heels. And I'm sorry if you don't believe in the rights of the citizens to vote and you believe it needs a federal takeover. You don't you you you've really got a, an, an anti-American streak that needs to be pushed back upon. I favor one person one vote. I fa- no sorry, take that back. I favor one citizen one vote. See what I did there? Thank you. Thank you very much. I favor reducing the possibility of fraud to the amount feasible. Don't open it up, bring it down. I favor the states being able to choose their voting laws and not the federal government. I want a smaller federal government, a leaner federal government, an Article 1, Section 8 federal government. I don't believe that we should change the laws because this year it'll benefit you. But next year, you'll want that law back because how dare the other party try and use it? Remember that. If they are trying to get rid of the filibuster, as they are, and the filibuster, getting rid of the filibuster is about the political left not believing in free speech. If you check out my latest uh, video, The Morning Rumble, you can get out. So now that the Russians are done screwing with my radio show. Ah, it happens. Sometimes you have a technical issue. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Absolutely a a pleasure to be with you. This Fauci leak story. Now, this is not a story about COVID. I promised, I promised, I promised, I promised. I'm going to do less stories on COVID. I'm aware of it. Thank you very much. It's just, who can put up with this garbage anymore? 
the lies, the deceit, the 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 false anger. No one needs this garbage. It's crazy talk. I want no part of it. But there are stories that still need to be covered, and I I, I won't not do my job for you because of it. Here's the story regarding Fauci, a group called EcoHealth Alliance, and DARPA. Now, DARPA is one of those groups that does the really weird stuff. DARPA is a Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. They're the ones who create the really cool, strange, out-of-this-world kind of toys that help you win uh, military battles. There are documents that have been obtained that state that... EcoHealth Alliance. Now, you know the name EcoHealth Alliance because these are the ones who funded the Wuhan Virology Lab, which was clearly doing, as I see it, based on the data presented, gain-of-function research. How can you make a virus jump, right? How can you manipulate it in that way? This gain-of-function research, which uh, the, the, the Fauci department there, the NIAID, was saying, no, we weren't funding, but they were funding EcoHealth Alliance, which funded the Wuhan lab. According to the report, written by U.S. Marine uh, Corporal Major, wait, Major, I believe it is, uh, Joseph Murphy, the report states that EcoHealth Alliance, or EcoHealth Alliance, approached DARPA in March of 2018. They wanted funding to conduct gain-of-function research of bat-borne coronaviruses. It was a proposal with the name of Project Diffuse. It was rejected by DARPA over safety concerns. According to the documents, it was the NIAID. That's the department that Fauci runs. They then went ahead with the research in Wuhan and actually several sites across the United States. Fauci has repeatedly said, no involvement in gain-of-function research whatsoever. That has been part of the battles with Senator Rand Paul. But this data shows that EcoHealth was rejected by DARPA but they categorized the, and classified the research as gain-of-function. If we were a serious people, we would look into this. Because this matters greatly. This is Tony Katz today. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Cruz's teen daughter comes out as bisexual. That's an actual news story that was put out there by a group called LGBTQ Nation, which is, well, I never heard of them before, uh, but clearly uh, there's no decency. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Uh, Ted Cruz's 13-year-old daughter they're talking about. 13-year-old 
And here we have this organization very happy to to sexualize a child and very happy to out a child. And they love it as a dig because, ah, look, the conservatives got the bisexual daughter. Ha! Shows you. Uh, There's a place in hell for a lot of people. There's not a place in hell for people who are bisexual. There's a place in hell for people who exploit children, and that's LGBTQ Nation. Not because I said so, but because they did it. Because they did it. It's who they are. So we are clear. So we understand each other. It's obscene. And there are people out there on the left and on the right saying, what are you you doing? What kind of society do you want to live in? I'm not allowed to talk about Hunter Biden, who's 51. But I can talk about a 13-year-old. I can talk about Kellyanne Conway's daughter. You people are freaking obsessed and pretty sick. There was a story. Oh, was was it USA Today? I think they pulled it. I posted this yesterday. I forgot about this. I mean, I don't think I should forget about stories like this, but I did. I posted this. I I, I posted it on on Twitter. I'd responded to it. It was a story from USA Today about pedophilia. (laughs) And, And we should be clear. I have no quarter. None. Absolutely, positively, I have no quarter. I do not believe, for example, rapists can be let out of prison. I I don't believe people can be rehabilitated in that way. That's me. That is a personal thing. I also, and I've said this before, everybody in the world has a kink. Something that they're into. Something that defines them. Something that they derive pleasure from. Some of these things are totally harmless. Some of these things could be harmful, but are indeed legal. And some of these things are harmful and illegal. Abusing children is harmful and illegal. It doesn't matter if you were born that way. It doesn't matter if that's just the way you're wired. That's too bad for you, and you're going to have to fight that. We in civil society do not allow these things. We won't have it. We won't be a part of it. And we are willing to hurt the people who try to hurt our children. You hear stories of people walking into their kid's bedroom and they see somebody abusing their kid and so dad beats the living daylights out of them. Yeah. Because that's exactly what's supposed to happen. The justice system is there to deal with that guy because maybe he's not allowed to beat the crap out of uh, uh, the, the dude abusing your child. Maybe it has to be handled a different way according to the law. That's what the justice system is for. But the father is there to kick the ass of the guy abusing his child. Any father who does not agree is not a father. How's that for a take? Why is anybody 
surprised by this. So when, when, when USA Today put out the story, I was like, what are you, are you trying to, are you really trying to, to uh, rationalize pedophilia? And what I tweeted out was supporting, protecting, defending, or rationalizing pedophilia is despicable. It makes no difference how the pedophile is wired, meaning neurologically. It matters only that society protects children from such adults. Any society that doesn't protect children from such adults is a society that cannot survive. It's a society that I will be no part of. And I will absolutely engage directly with the people who want that society because they have to lose. They have to lose. Is outing a 13-year-old the same as pedophilia? No. Is it clearly when you tweet out Ted Cruz's teen daughter comes out as bisexual, are you sexualizing a teenager? Yes, you are. And that's LGBTQ nation. Maybe learn how to be decent. Ted Cruz has been getting a lot of news. Last week, he was calling those involved with January 6th terrorists. And then he got his you-know-what handed to him by Tucker Carlson. And then yesterday, he's asking the question of who is Ray Epps. This guy who was involved on January 5th and January 6th with trying to incite people to go to the Capitol and attack the Capitol, and there's video of him. And I think it's very fine to ask who Ray Epps is. And when you watch the January 6th committee say, we've interviewed him no, in no connection to the FBI, not a Fed, how dare you? Um, Dude, it's, it's like Kavanaugh. Have you really investigated enough? You know, that's what they said of the Brett Kavanaugh investigation by the FBI. The claims that he sexually assaulted somebody when he was a teenager at a party that nobody knew about, nobody was at, and the the woman in question, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, can't remember the house. But, oh, he sexually assaulted someone. Because, believe all women. Um, The FBI did the investigation, found nothing. Well, the FBI didn't investigate enough. I believe that's the case right here. We have to learn from the Brett Kavanaugh conversation, and the FBI has to do further investigation. But as we are doing the investigation, we're learning it's hard to trust the FBI. It's hard to trust the FBI. We see this every single day. Harder and harder to trust these people. Ted Cruz has been in the news bringing these things up. And yesterday, he is part of a gaggle of senators answering questions. And he gets asked a question about not wearing masks and then proceeds to get angry. Democrats protect this institution. I think the Republicans should as well. And to be clear, We did. The Republicans had the White House, the Senate, the House. We had every ability to do exactly what Chuck Schumer wants to do right now. And the Republican Party didn't. This is a power grab, but it's not just a power grab. It's a power grab to enable a power grab. What Schumer wants to do it on is a takeover of elections. And, you know, it's interesting. The rhetoric the Democrats use on this is Jim Crow. 
You know, Jim Crow laws were written by elected Democrats, and they were designed to prevent the voters from voting Democrats out of office. That's what Schumer's trying to do today. This is Jim Crow 2.0 of Democrats once again trying to take away the ability of the voters to vote them out of office. It's wrong, and it's an abuse of power. And then, Senators, this is all really about the divide in our country right now and how you So the reporter's asking, after I think uh, Cruz did a very good job of explaining the whole filibuster conversation as we have been discussing it in free speech and limiting people's voting rights, the reporters are all in masks. Why aren't you in masks? And, and we, we do know that COVID is, COVID is going around here in Capitol Hill, and we know that. So I'm just interested in your Well, listen, I think there's been wild hypocrisy from the Biden administration when it comes to COVID policies whether mask mandates, where Joe Biden rightly said we shouldn't have mandates, whether vaccine mandates, where Joe Biden said we shouldn't have vaccine mandates. Uh, as far as I know, everyone here has been vaccinated, been, been double vaccinated, been boosted. And, 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 and at some point, uh, look, I, I do know Dr. Fauci has been all over the map on it. He said, yes, mask, no mask. He said, oh, I lied to the American people because they, they, they couldn't handle it. You know, at some point, the American people ought to be able to exercise their own freedom and make their decision. If you want to make, wear a mask, God bless you. You can wear a mask for the rest of your life. That's your choice. But other people ought to be able to have the right and choice uh, not to wear a mask. And by the way, on the question of hypocrisy, you just asked, you people at the podium are speaking without masks. Just once, I'd like to see a reporter say to Joe Biden when he stands at the damn podium in the White House without a mask, Mr. President, why aren't you wearing a mask? Just once, I'd like to see you say to Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, when she stands at the podium with no mask, Ms. Psaki, why don't you have a mask? The questions are only directed at one side, and i got to say the American people see the hypocrisy. And he's right. When Cruz is on fire, Cruz is on fire. He has that skill set. And this is something we all see. We see that we deal with a media that is not good to us. That is purposeful in asking questions that provide no value. None whatsoever. Narrative being more important than the subject at hand. What's more important, whether or not... Ted Cruz wears a mask or whether the Democratic Party can change election laws and hurt the citizenry. They don't care about that. And then they get angry. They get angry that we no longer pay attention to them. That we refuse to allow them to decide things for us. (laughs) That we found other sources. That we don't need CNN and MSNBC. That every time they bring up the concept of misinformation, they are lying through their holy damn teeth. Until the press corps looks inward, these things won't get better. They just can't. I'm Tony Katz. The best, however, was the graph. Holy crap, McCrap crap, the graph. It's amazing. It is amazing. It actually came out uh, in the Axios newsletter, but it's courtesy of the White House. That's how they they uh, they credit it. 
top analysts expect inflation to moderate in the months ahead. Now, if I were to ask you, if I were to say to you, uh, Sam is in for producer Ari today, producer Ari on the honeymoon. Sam, good to have you here. If I were to ask you, Sam, right, uh, uh, when I say the months ahead, how many months do you think that would be? If I were to say to you in the months ahead, we're going to do this, how many months would you, would, would you think that is? At max three. Three months. Three months, right? Three months. Maybe someone out there is like six months, the months ahead, right? Six months, three months, six months. I think that's where we would find the most of the answers. And I did not set this up with Sam. That's the first question I've ever asked him on, on, on radio. Uh, I think it's the first time he's ever answered a question on radio. Uh, and, and, and there it is. Three to six months. Top analysts expect inflation to moderate in the months ahead. They play this out through the fourth quarter of 2023. 24 months, two years. For those of you playing the home game, that's how they are look at inflation going down quarter after quarter after quarter over the course of two years. So let's start with everything they said about inflation being transitory is a lie. Every single thing, every commentary about transitory inflation was a complete and total lie. They, and they, they don't care. Two years to bring it down? Hoo-wee-hee-hee. One of the things that I'm starting to look at more and more, and we're going to start talking about more and more, this car market story, I, I think, tells us more than we realize the, this this car market story in terms of where the new cars are and the used cars, right? So we did the story uh, last week where the average used car, the average is $29,000. Now I will tell you that I don't know if that's luxury or not luxury. I don't know what kind of, uh, you know, qualifications we put on that. Certainly, there are people who only have eight or nine thousand dollars to spend on a used vehicle. What do they do? Well, now let's go the other way because they're going to have to deal with that for the next year plus because the new cars don't have the chips. The supply chain issues are not solved. A brilliant write up from Jim Garrity over at nationalreview.com about this subject. You should find it. Oh, it's so good. We won't see, according to everybody I speak to, we will not see the new car market get back into shape until sometime in 2023. Meaning they don't have the chips for the cars. They have tens of thousands of cars just sitting around that can't be used because they're missing a chip or two. Well, when those cars now get into the market, that sends the price of use uh, of new cars down because there's too many of them. There's going to be a glut of them. Never mind the 2023s, you're still buying the 2021s because there were no 2021s to sell because nobody had the chips. Or are they all going to the, someone suggested to me that they're all going to go to the car rental market. Maybe that's possible, but even they can't buy all of them. And if that market, the new car market then goes down, the used car market no longer exists. So everybody and their mother is trying to get used cars now sits on inventory. They'll never be able to sell. 
And how long does it take for that to work out? To work itself out? And what happens to interest rates on vehicles, to uh, the, the, the world of, of mechanics? A lot of questions there that do have real effect on our everyday lives. It's something we're going to be following. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, and find everything at TonyKatz.com. This is Tony Katz Today.